Okay, we're, we're going to talk today about venture capitalism. I first heard this term back in the mid-90s. Actually, it was late 90s. I don't know. Um, anyways, uh, a venture capitalist is either a wealthy individual or a group of wealthy individuals who have an uh, official company with a board of directors and their specific purpose is to invest their money because they have a great amount of, of money already, just net cash flow or profits. And the more that they have, the more that they're going to be taxed. So uh, their best financial option is to invest in other companies and use their extra money or, or just because they are um, called angel investors and they want to help other small businesses or or young aspiring adults with great ideas actually uh, see them come true and because they've decided or they they will be presented with information that's that shows that there is actual value in the idea. And the way that these venture capitalists works depends upon if you're approaching just a wealthy individual and asking for money for an idea to implement an idea or if you're asking a company to um, borrow money from their profit line in order to establish a business or to sell an idea to that company. That's where venture capitalism varies. Um, venture capitalism is usually when uh, a company already established decides, decides to venture into another business area. Some call it research and development, and they have a whole department for it, and they just re, they just uh, budget and put money into that department for that specific idea, and they have their internal processes where they manage that, the development of that new venture, that new product, and it's all internal money. Venture capitalism is external money, where money goes outside of an existing company to another company. And this is can be done with uh, individuals operating on I-9s, which are uh, independent contractors, and they're called freelancers, or they can be done with a company to a company business transaction or business deal. It's not a single transaction, it's a business deal. And in order to, uh, for one small company to request capital, capital is working capital to get things started for a startup. But working capital in a company is also just the money that the company has left over after it it's, uh, accounts for its operating expenses and uh, future investments other investments. So it has to look at and manage its balance sheet in order to decide how much money do I have just extra that's being taxed that I can invest somewhere else. And that's a venture capitalist kind of mindset. A venture capitalist individual is a wealthy person that has a lot of money. Perez Hilton, she has a lot of money. She's a star. How can we uh, contact Perez Hilton and say, Perez, I have a great um, idea that I want to and uh, use your money for 
to invest in and develop something new, a technology company that is not only going to uh, increase your profits, it's going to be more than what I borrow from you, but it's also going to be great for you personally or for the industry, or uh, it's totally irrelevant. Um, and the only reason I'm approaching Perez Hilton is because Perez Hilton has all the money. And the, if I present it to Perez Hilton and just say, this is uh, the profit projections for this invention. But, you know, if she's wants to know what the invention is, she's taking a personal interest in it. So she wants to know what she's investing in. And if she doesn't like it, then she's not going to give you investment money. But if she likes your idea and can truly back it, and you can say that it's bad, or maybe she decides to go in as a silent investor. Okay, I'll invest in your idea, but I don't want you to tell the public who's investing in it because I don't want my name on it because I'm not really a fan of the product, but I know that the product is will be useful. The technology will be useful. So I'm going to invest in it because I trust that it's going to make a profit and I trust that you know what you're doing because the plan that you presented to me is uh and i can see where the profits will come in and i know about right about what time when those profits are going to start rolling in so i know when i'm going to get my money back and i know when i'm going to start making money off of letting you borrow money in order to create this company now perez can decide well i'm just going to loan you money structure it like a business loan i'm gonna loan you money and you're going to pay me a percentage back on top of that that's that's an investment. It's really a business loan. A venture capitalist goes with you all throughout the creation of the startup company, takes interest in what you're doing, kind of provides technical oversight, business leadership, mentorship, guiding you along the way, and makes sure that it profits. And if not, they'll invest more. And they take that risk because they have the money. They have the business expertise. And if they don't, they can find someone or the two of you can figure out how to manage those risks in order to get it to a profitable stage. And you decide that in ownership and how uh, you would like to be paid back or what uh, part of involvement, how much level of involvement do you want with it? It's a mutual decision that's made. So in order for investors to invest in something, you have to present an idea, an idea that says, okay, uh, I see. I like your idea. I think it's going to make money. I think it'll be really profitable. And it's easy for kids to come along and say, I got a great new idea for Slurpees. You know, I'm going to make them at home instead of making them at uh, in high production. So that's a cost saving measure. But a smart, a smart inventor will come along and say, I found 45 ideas uh, that can save time for families and it will put other businesses out of, uh, it will lower their profits, but it will in, and it will increase uh, child training on how to create their own products. And this is how much time will be used. This is how much money is saved. And it, I'm going to create a solution that enables children to go throughout their life for a period of time to locate these things and conduct cost comparisons in relation to time and find their best possible way in the most competitive way 
and to find what truly uh, is better, saving time and buying off of a prepackaged item or actually investing the time at home to create it themselves. Because there's more than one product and there's a lot of money at stake there. There's a lot of money that goes into the grocery store. So what this does, if we had a plan and we knew exactly what these kids were gonna do and we sent that out and the kids pledged that they would do this for a month, parents pledged that they would do this for three months or two months, you can understand the investing cycle or the uh, stock market cycle of these companies that reduces plastic by 100% in that market. It reduces uh, the, the grocery store. Uh, let's see, ice cream is going to go down because the kids are learning how to make ice cream. So we know that in that area, ice cream is not a good investment. Dairy Queen stock prices are going to go down. Good time for people to buy in Dairy Queen stock, but it's also a good time for investors to know they need to take their money out of Dairy Queen and put it into the grocery store area or the flavored syrup area because this, and it, it takes place on different levels, but it, it requires magnitude. It requires more than one just little school doing it. It requires a full plan, a strategy, an advertising, a, a program that says, this is what we're going to do because we know this is how much it's going to cost households, how much it's going to save households. We know exactly how to market this campaign in schools rather than selling Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and Pop or candy bars or baseball tickets. We're going to create this campaign for kids to do this at home. We're going to put it in every school as part of their curriculum to learn how to do how creating things at home versus buying them at the store or using machines that we have at home, how much money, knowing how much money it saves versus going to the store and stocking our refrigerators. So not only is it an educational, and then educational program, the kids learn how and why it's better to do that at home or why it's better to just buy it off the shelf. And they know how to compare it. So it's an education system and it's also uh, gives them the right tools where they can put in any product and gives them a design that shows a do-it-yourself comparison with a cost formula that shows them how uh, to compare it to stores and how the stock market is affected so that they can see in real time Dairy Queen stock went down when 33 schools decided to do this program in the, when they were preparing for summer school. 3,000 kids committed to doing it. 20,000 kids actually did it. It saved households X number of dollars. And they were able to spend it on other things. And if they can get them to track what they're spending the extra money on, it's an, even another level of financial forecasting. But the thing in venture capitalism, I can't tell you how much it's going to cost me to create this technology. Because I don't know yet. I don't know how many hours it's going to take me to create something that that makes their lives easier to calculate this. I don't know what it's going to cost me to reach 33,000 educational institutions and change the design. 
So with that many unknowns, things have to be figured out. What are you really trying to accomplish? You're trying to teach children how that doing something at home saves money, but also teaches them. It teaches them how to compare, compare prices, use machines, and compare it to the ease of just buying an already created product. The same happens in technology. Is it better to create something at home or something at the office that's new and improved to replace or because it's cost effective? Or is it better to just go buy something in plastic that already exists and just take it out of the box and uh, consume it? So it's really a concept. But in order to market that concept and instill that concept, it's not instilled, no matter what anyone says. That is not in your education curriculum. That's not in home economics. That's not in uh, buying and selling. That's not in uh, business sales. Uh, we can create a plan for, you know, um, a snow cone uh, mobile uh, selling system, but that's that's garbage. That's you and your little ideas, you know, trying to make extra money, bouncing, uh, creating a, a business based on someone else's idea, which is great. That'll work. You know how that works because somebody else already does that. That's easy. Those you just, yeah, go. Here's the money. Go, go, go build it. But something when you're instilling and changing concepts and ideas and the way that kids look and review things or what they're asked to do or putting something in a school district and changing the design of education or the design of how things are done. The best way to do that, rather than going to the K-12 Department of Education, is to create some sort of technology that has marketing and advertising with a company that actually oversees it, with a company that's not based upon production and manufacturing of plastic products. They're based upon production and manufacturing of comparing and teaching children how to compare a produced item that's on the shelves for sale versus an item that you can create from home and enjoy it three times as more, making your top priority cost savings and uh, doing it yourself or having your own understanding of how to create it at home and how to evaluate time as well as materials and what products that is actually applicable to and how that affects the stock market. That sounds like a training software. It sounds like training. It sounds like just a comparative concept of doing something yourself versus going and buying something that already exists. And that's technology. That's not venture capitalism. Venture capitalism is saying, I have a new idea, a better way to get into this market, this play, this uh, area of business. And it'll be far more than what already exists, if something already exists, or nothing exists. I have this great new idea, and I know it's going to make us money in the future, and you have the money that I need in order to make it. So I want you to invest in my idea. And that idea is usually a new technology company. But the technology company has to show that it knows how to, what it needs exactly to create this. 
I don't know what I would need in order to change the education system and let kids give kids this project on how to do that or if it's even appropriate because kids really don't care at that age about the stock market, percentages, profit margins. They care about how they make their ices and the ice cream. They don't care about how much stock you put in Dairy Queen and if you wind up going to uh, Yum Yum Donuts instead. But they, what they need to know is they create that at home. And how much money did they save creating that at home? And the, how is it compared to the value of actually going and having that ice cream? It's more than just the ice cream in the comparison of having it at home or having it somewhere else. Now that you've gone into the ice cream place, who are you with? What's your purpose? What are you going to learn while you're there? Are you just going to eat ice cream? You're going to consider having a future job. You're going to look at all the different flavors and say, eventually, I'm going to try all those different flavors and venture out for my regular chocolate chip ice cream. That's not really a business idea. But venture capitalism is going to an investor and saying, I have a great idea and I want to invest in it. So that's venture capitalism. It's not so much about venturing out from the routine of going into Dairy Queen or going into the grocery store and buying mint chocolate chip ice cream. Every time you go into the grocery store, you buy that. That's called uh, consumer predictions, which is good. Venture capitalists want to know that because some of them won't venture out into new ideas themselves. They're afraid. People are used to this. They don't want to change it. I just can't see people going from buying the ice cream at home to actually taking the time out to make their own ice cream. And there's a reason for that. That's because they don't know what it, what it will take and how much money they will save because they like, maybe they're, um, consumed already by the marketplace and they've become routine and this is their thing and they can't venture out from it because they don't know and never thought about it. They never thought about making their own ice cream. They never knew they could. There was no ice cream machine then. Maybe now we don't need a machine. We know how to make it ourselves. We have all the tools because someone else came along and said, I'm going to make it easier. I'm going to make an ice cream machine. And they said, okay, well, you, all right, we like you. You're cute. We'll let you do that. And now everybody has to go buy an ice cream machine. When really you didn't need it to begin with because uh, now we're certain types of people programmed to go, oh, I need, I can't make rice. I got to go buy a rice cooker. Oh, I can't make, uh, I can't uh, bake bread on my, I got to go buy a bread machine. And now before you know it, you got 10 or 15 different machines calling it technology so that you can uh, do the things you need to do in the restaurant area or the food areas. So deciding machines, doing it yourself. Uh, how does technology change all this? It's mainly advertising, advertising, 
But advertising, you don't see, uh, you see Dairy Queen, you see uh, milk, you see chocolate. You just don't see kids advertising or any advertising that combines the products and say, you can make this at home and save $4 a week based upon uh, your current eating habits or buying habits. Where if we had a better shopping system that tracks our purchases, oh, he likes chocolate chip ice cream. They like Rocky Road ice cream. They like Neapolitan. They like ice cream. Great. Nobody's going to sell them ice cream makers and fruit flavors to make it at home. Unless they start marketing the ice cream machine. And they'll might, they might buy the ice cream machine deciding that they want to go, venture into this area. But if someone doesn't come along and saying, you're, you can do that at home without a machine, don't buy into the marketing tactics. There's no counterbalance. Not only is there no counterbalance, if they attack your funding, if they attack your cost system and start tracking your purchases and what you consume and what you like to consume, they do begin to play on your marketing with using marketing and advertising. They begin to play on your cravings. And if you don't step in and say, we need a better system that says, oh, save $2 on crystal ice cream this month. No, save $25 in three months. Reinvest that in another idea where you can save $25 more in three months and do it all at once. Finally, after six to nine months, you see, I'm... I now have enough ideas to save myself $250 a month because I no longer give in to old methods of collecting coupons, buying the same thing every time I go into the grocery store or giving in to some new sales and marketing tactic to buy a machine to make ice cream. Because now I know I just need a blender and some cream and some chocolate in a few minutes of my time which is all you really need from an investor to really invest in your idea is a few minutes of their time as long as you have a good idea and that you can present it in short order. 22 minutes. 